and thank you for uh, filling in to uh, lead the song uh, service today. We're adaptable here at Brister, so I appreciate, of course, Brother Jeremy doing that. Luke chapter 1, verse 26 is where we'll preach from, picking up where we left off this morning. Luke chapter 1, verse 26, and I know we read from this passage every single year at Christmas time. I know that, but I never get tired of it. I never get tired of reading the Christmas story. And I can't think of any other passages of Scripture that I'd rather read from in December than these passages right here. There's a variety of them in Luke and, of course, in Matthew. And there's even a Christmas passage in John where John goes way back to begin the Christmas story. See, Matthew begins with, of course, the angel's announcement to Joseph. Luke goes back even further to the angel's announcement to Zacharias. John goes back to the beginning of time when he says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. Without him was not anything made that was made. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. He goes way back to the start. We're going to be looking at some of the early days and some of the uh, announcements here. The angels were busy around Christmas time. Uh, at the birth of, of Jesus, and I want to look, of course, at the uh, angel's announcement to Mary and look at some thoughts. In Luke chapter 1, verse 26, would you stand as the scriptures read, please? Now, in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one, the Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. But when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying, considered what manner of greeting this was. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, you have found favor with God. Behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son, shall call his name Jesus. He will be great. He will be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. Then Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I do not know a man? The angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore also that Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Now indeed Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age. And this is now the sixth month for her who is called barren. For with God nothing will be impossible. Then Mary said, Behold the maidservant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Now Mary arose in those days and went to the hill country with haste to a city of Judah and entered to the house of Zacharias and greeted Elizabeth. And it happened when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, the babe leaped in her womb. Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. She spoke out with a loud voice and said, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. But why is this granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For indeed, as soon as the voice of your greeting sounded in my ears, the babe leaped in my womb for joy. Blessed is she who believed, for there will be a fulfillment of those things which were told her from the Lord. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you so much for the Christmas story. We thank you for Christmas time. We thank you for the special season of togetherness and love. 
and kindness among people. Father, we ask that this season would simply just bring out the best in all of us, to bring out the best in your church. There's a world that needs the hope of Jesus Christ. Thank you for trusting us with the message. We pray that we will not let you down. We ask as we look into this passage of Scripture that you would remind us of beautiful truths that maybe we've forgotten. Teach us some things that maybe we've never thought about before. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Just some simple messages as we look at this particular passage of Scripture and look at the Christmas story in general. And the first lesson that we have today, and this is pretty obvious, God uses a variety of people in different places to fulfill his plan. This morning we looked at Zacharias. Zacharias was a man. Zacharias was an elderly man, and Zacharias was a priest. And God spoke to this elderly priest in the temple in Jerusalem, capital city, most important city in the Hebrew world. One thing that we have to notice here, when God chose to break the silence of 400 years, he did it in his house. Now I know God does work anywhere, and God can work anywhere. But let me tell you, God chooses to do big things in his house big things with his people. And when it came to the big announcement that the silence of the ages was broken, he chose his house to do it, the temple. But then we have Mary. Mary's the exact opposite. Of course, she's a young woman. And as we spoke of today, women were told, treated totally different than they are today. They were invisible to culture and society as far as the leaders of the land. She was not only a woman, she was a very young girl. She was a teenager. As the custom of marriage was, she was a teenager. She was a teenager in a humble home, in a humble city, Nazareth, in a region of the country that was not held in high esteem. So God chooses the capital city in the temple, and he chooses, of course, a priest, and then he chooses a very young girl from a very obscure town in one of the most despised places in, among the Jewish leadership, and that was Galilee. Here's one thing about it. Mary been, may have been a young girl in a small town over in Galilee, but she had royal blood in her veins. She was of the house of David. And folks, it doesn't matter where we may live, and how little we may think we are, when we belong to Jesus Christ, we have royal blood in our veins, and we don't ever need to forget that. And God could use her. Secondly, God knows the heart. When he came to Mary and said, you will conceive and bear a son. His name will be called Jesus. And she said, how can this be? I'm, I'm not married yet. He goes on to explain to her how this is going to happen. As we looked at Zacharias this morning, and the angel came and said to Zacharias, Elizabeth will bear a son. Zacharias said, how can this happen? I'm an old man. And notice he had some class. He didn't say, and my wife's an old lady. He said, my wife is well advanced in years. But, he questioned it. Now, in the human perspective, it looks like they were both asking the same question, didn't it? 
But who knows the heart? God knows the heart. You see, the angel said, uh, I'm going to give you a sign. You'll be struck mute for nine months. I cannot imagine not being able to talk for nine days. But he was mute for nine months. And he said, because you didn't believe me. Now, who would have known that? God knew that. The angel knew that. Mary, on the other hand, asked about the same question. To human ears, didn't it sound about the same? But she closed her discussion with the angel, be it according to your will. So we know that she had faith and she had belief. Her question was just one of curiosity and she didn't know how this could happen. But God knows the heart and God knows when we have a faltering faith. God knows when our faith is strong. God knows when we have questions that don't have answers. And so God knew the heart. So that's why Zacharias was dealt with in one way and Mary was dealt with with the other way. And you said they both basically asked the same question. Well, not really, because God understood the heart behind the question. And then we have this, and it's a very small detail but I begin to appreciate this detail more and more the older I get. In verse 39, Now Mary arose in those days and went to the hill country with haste to a city of Judah and entered the house of Zacharias and greeted Elizabeth. The need for somebody to share our sorrows and joys, that need is as old as history itself. When she got the news from the angel, about what was going to happen to her, it says she went in a hurry. And she went to see family. And she went to be with Elizabeth. Now, there's two things she had here. She had sorrows and joy. You say, wait a minute, how can you have sorrow? Well, not everybody in town believed what the Lord told her. In fact, some of them suspected the worst, I'm pretty sure. In fact, Joseph even had trouble believing it. You remember in Matthew's narrative? And so the sorrows, she had, she had this to deal with. There was, it was such an amazing thing. Who would, who would ever believe that God chose this method to bring the Messiah into the world and people wouldn't believe her and people were suspicious of her and talking, no doubt, behind her back. She had these sorrows and she was having to deal with Joseph's doubt. We don't know if they've ever resolved that when she left or not. It could have been about this time that Joseph was asking some questions about whether he should marry her or not. So she went off and found family to share her troubles with, but also the joy, the joy to be used of God in his plan to reach the world with salvation. Now, our place may not be as big, but he has a place for us all to reach the world with the message of his love. And there is nothing more joyful than to be a part of reaching somebody else with the message of Jesus Christ and to be a part of the plan of God. You want to find true joy, true purpose, true meaning in life, there's where we find it. And she had the joy, and Elizabeth shared in this joy. Elizabeth, of course, she said, how can it be? 
that the mother of my Lord would come to me. How'd she know all this? Did somebody send her a letter before time? How'd she know all this was going on? And she said, as soon as you came in, my baby leapt for joy because he was in the presence of Jesus Christ. Because you see, in this passage of Scripture, in this passage following, we have the first three Christmas songs. First three Christmas carols. I'm not sure if they were put to music or not, but there are three hymns of thanksgiving in this passage of Luke. In this time of the year, I love to read all three of them. And there is a common theme in every single one. I'll point it out to you. Let's look at Elizabeth's hymn of joy. We'll begin in verse 42. She spoke out with a loud voice, Blessed are you among women. Blessed is the fruit of your womb. But why is this granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? Indeed, as soon as the voice of your greeting sounded in my ears, the babe leaped in my womb for joy. Blessed is she who believed. There will be a fulfillment of those things which were told her from the Lord. The element we see that overrides this wonderful hymn that she was singing, faith. Faith. What did she say? There will be a fulfillment of what God just told you. That was some story she told that God would use her to bring the Messiah into the world. And Elizabeth said, God will do it. God will do it. And then Mary said, my soul magnifies the Lord and my spirit has rejoiced in God, my savior. He has regarded the lowly state of his maidservant for behold, henceforth, all generations will call me blessed. For he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name, and his mercy on those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts. He's put down the mighty from the thrones and exalted the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he has sent away empty. He has helped the servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy as he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham and to his seed, Forever, He has helped Israel in remembrance of his mercy as he spoke to our fathers and his Abraham and his seed forever. You see, God made a promise to Abraham. Mary knew that God was keeping that promise. So in Mary's wonderful hymn of joy, faith again as in remembrance of his mercy that he spoke to our fathers. God remembered what he said centuries ago. God didn't forget. God was filling his promise. And then in verse 67, now his father, this is John the Baptist, this after John the Baptist was born, and after nine months of not being able to speak, John, Zacharias is able to speak, and this is what he says. Now his father Zacharias was filled with the Holy Spirit and prophesied, saying, now the following has to be some of the most beautiful words written in the Bible. That has to be some of the most beautiful. And there's some beautiful words written. Listen, blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he has visited and redeemed his people 
and raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David, as he spoke by the mouth of his holy prophets, who have been since the world began, that we should be saved from our enemies, from the hand of all who hate us, to perform the mercy promised to our fathers, and to remember his holy covenant, the oath which he swore to our father Abraham, to grant us that we, being delivered from the hand of our enemies, might serve him without fear, in holiness and righteousness before him all the days of our life. And you, child, will be called the prophet of the highest, for you will go before the face of the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation to his people by the remission of their sins, through the tender mercy of our God, with which the day spring from on high has visited us, to give light to those who sit in darkness and the shadow of death, and to guide our feet into the way of peace. Beautiful words, and there is an element of faith. The first few stanzas, Blessed is the Lord God of Israel. He has visited and redeemed his people, raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David. John the Baptist had just been born. Jesus' birth was still six months away. John the Baptist hadn't even gotten grown. Jesus hadn't even been born, and he says he's raised up a horn of salvation for us. God said that it would happen. Zacharias says it's as good as done. It's as good as done. And he was thanking God for raising up a horn of salvation. And these, that one baby had just been born and one was on the way and they hadn't even grown up. He knew God was going to do what he said he was going to do. And he based his faith on what he had read in here, the mouth of the prophets, the promise to Abraham, and he based his faith grounded firmly in the word, and he knew that when God says it, God will do it. The first three Christmas songs, every single one of them, has an element of faith that God said it, and God would do it. And all three of these were thankful to be a part of it. And let's leave here being a part of it because God still is in the business of doing big things to reach the world. Is there anything before we close? Let's stand and be dismissed with a word of prayer.